Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Midnight Mass, book seven, Revelation. The final episode in the Midnight Mass miniseries available exclusively on Netflix. This is the final episode of my episode-by-episode recap of Midnight Mass. I... Uh, before I get into this episode, I will be most likely uh, doing the episode-by-episode episode recap of Mike Flanagan's upcoming series, Midnight Club, which will also be on Netflix. Uh, so that comes out October 7th, so the Tuesday after uh, will be the first episode. That is the plan, so if you enjoyed this show... Uh, stay tuned for that episode by episode recap when that comes out because I've been watching other Mike Flanagan stuff uh, and I enjoy his stuff despite the fact I've had some problems with this season obviously I vocalized them in previous episodes uh, but in all I did enjoy it you know it's not perfect nothing's perfect and the thing about doing these episode recaps and breakdowns is that I'm watching every episode under a microscope. And as long as that as the episode doesn't get in direct sunlight, that sampling will not explode in my face. Uh, but I will see every detail and every flaw. And also, it's the first time I've watched a Mike Flanagan piece of work, so I've kind of gotten to know his style in a lot of ways uh and with all that said let's get this show obviously for those that aren't familiar i will be spoiling this episode so if this is your first episode of this show that you are dipping into uh i'd highly recommend watching the miniseries midnight mass on netflix and subscribe and wa listen to this show from the first episode Either way, I'm going to be spoiling Episode 7, a.k.a. Book 7 of Midnight Mass, titled Revolution. Let's get into it, shall we? Uh, this episode starts off, obviously, the end of last episode uh, was the Midnight Mass of Easter service, uh, where there was a bit of mass poisoning going on at the church. Everybody who had been receiving communion then drank a cup of poison, uh, leading to them dying, leading to them coming back as a vampire. Although the term vampire is never mentioned in this show, uh, they do act and the, the rules of them are very vampire-ish. Obviously the vampire that caused all this they referred to as an angel. But those were the events of the last episode. Everybody in the church basically drinking the Kool-Aid, as it were. Uh, the cult members drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, and, it, you know, as opposed to all of the other times in the history of mankind where people drank the poison, this time they actually did come back. Uh, but they came back in a way maybe not as intended. Uh, so anyway, this episode starts off with Miss Gunning, uh, formerly old lady Miss Gunning, now young lady Miss Gunning, waking up. Of course, she had just been attacked she shot Monsignor Pruitt in the head, right in the forehead, and the angel attacked her, flying her outside of the church. So this episode is starts with her waking up at the front of the church, uh, of course, 
having had the not only drinking the blood and the communion that caused her to get younger and her cells to regenerate, but obviously allowing her to survive or to uh, reincarnate after the vampire, quote-unquote, kills her. Uh, so she's, he's, she's realiving on the, the front of the church, uh, and she goes inside of the church where you see the church just covered in blood, soaked in blood everywhere, handprints, bloody handprints everywhere. Obviously, the carnage that happened uh, at the church is evident. There's evidence everywhere. We see Monsignor Pruitt sitting on the stage. Uh, clearly, he is back to normal. As Miss Keene said, he will be better. He will come back from this after being shot in the head. Uh, so he is st probably still a little out of it. You know, there's probably still neurons reconnecting in his in his brain. But he is sitting on the church, uh, the stage of the church. Uh, Miss Gunning sits, she sits next to him, and he asks if it, if it hurt, uh, if he hurt her, if the angel hurt her, if he's responsible for hurting her. And she said yes. And he's not very happy about what, th clearly things got out of control. <laughs> it's like he's waking up after a long night of partying. And, uh, you know, he's wondering what, what went wrong. What, where did it all go wrong? And uh, his friend, Miss Gunning, who, you know, he clearly was super happy to see her earlier and tell her the truth earlier on in the season. Uh, he uh, is, is sad that he, was, he caused her pain. Uh, and then we cut to, like, a, a montage, basically, all, of all these new vampires that are kind of acting zombie-ish. Almost like zombie vampires, kind of, because they are breaking into homes, attacking all the people on the island that were not at church service because they are hungry and they are out to feed. And there is a hunger inside them uh, that apparently is immediate. Sometimes, like, it took Monsignor a while to really get the hunger. Uh, Riley even, you know, took him a little bit of orientation time before he started feeling the hunger. But all these churchgoers are immediately hungry, and they're feeding, and they're breaking into homes, and they're attacking people on the island. Uh, meanwhile, the survivors, the few people that snuck out the back of the church, uh, Aaron, the sheriff, Sarah, uh, Riley's mom, Lisa Warren, they're over at, I believe, Sarah's house. And the sheriff is freaking out, obviously. You know, <laughs> things really went a bit crazy at the church. And he knows that Sarah's been studying these things and is hopeful that she has some kind of fix, which she doesn't. She, she's been able to justify what's been going on scientifically, uh, but hasn't had the opportunity to really do any studies or find any kind of cures. Uh, so that's a, a, bit, uh, a bit out of the scope of, of uh, a, a viable opportunity for them to kind of uh, avoid any further carnage on the island um, but they did realize they do realize that the boats uh, were not sunk they were just sabotaged they were just had a few cables unplugged and whatnot they were they were basically just rendered immobile uh, and that was by uh, by design they they intend to they realize that the the churchgoers intend Miss Keene and and uh, Monsignor Pruitt. They intend on using those boats to then spread the miracle of the Lord to the mainland. Otherwise, they could have just sank the boats. 
but they didn't. So they realized that. Uh, and they start handing out knives. The sheriff has a few bullets left for his gun. And Aaron's handing out knives to everybody. You know, protection against the undead. Uh, and, of course, Riley, Riley's mom has uh, some well-placed logic to interject into this situation. What's any of this going to do? The guns and knives. They get back up. You saw they... This isn't the way. This is never the way. Maybe not. Maybe it buys us a few more minutes. A few more minutes alive. And it might come down to just minutes. Maybe seconds. So Riley's mom also mentions, like, all these people who believe in heaven, right? No matter what, when it comes down to the, the final moments of somebody's life, when their life is being threatened, uh, even though heaven exists and they believe in it being a paradise, uh, they still scratch and scrape for more minutes, more seconds uh, to be alive, which I always found very interesting, the religious people who are also afraid of death. It's like, if you believe, if you really believe that stuff, wouldn't you be comforted with death? Wouldn't you be welcoming death? Although I think probably most Christians realize that they don't actually follow the teachings. They're actually horrible people, especially a lot of people now that are kind of encouraging, trying to fast forward life into the end times, being horrible people in order to fast forward humanity into the end times uh anyway so some good points there from riley's mom uh and uh some interesting thoughts on just that whole stuff uh and then of course a molotov cocktail flies through the window <laughs> you know they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do to just try and survive uh their plan the plan is to kind of uh get rid of the boats obviously and the kids are going to go to the canoe and uh, try to get off the island at least because, you know, they need to do something. And uh, just as that happens, Molotov cocktail comes through the window. And, of course, we see outside the people throwing these balls of fire into Sarah's home are none other than Keen, Miss Keen, and Sturge trying to burn them out. Because, you know, that's what Christians do. It's, that's uh, Miss Keene, I gotta say, one of the most despicable characters in anything I've ever seen. An amazing actress. She's been in other Mike Flanagan stuff, uh, and not to this extent. Uh, amazing, because I absolutely hate her. I think she, she embodies the worst aspects of what a, a Christian Karen is in our society nowadays uh so like as far as like a evil villain of a show she embodies that wholeheartedly uh and she is there trying to burn them out despite children being in the house knowingly she she doesn't care they've had communion she knows uh, so trying to burn them out she's trying to call Aaron out because she's got uh you know she doesn't like Aaron. Uh, but uh, Riley's mom, 
holds Aaron back, tells her no. She's like, I will distract her while you guys go out the back, right? I have some words for Miss Keen. I have some things I need to drop on this bitch right now. So Riley's mom goes outside instead, and it is just great. Bev, I want you to listen to me. Because your whole life, I think you've needed to hear this. You aren't a good person. was uncalled for. God doesn't love you more than anyone else. You aren't a hero. And you certainly, certainly aren't a victim. Literally my favorite moment of the show. One of my favorite moments of the show. Finally a character. Finally a character rising to the moment to put Miss Keene in her place. Telling her off in the best way, that you are not special, that God does not love you more than anybody else. Meanwhile, the house that Miss Keene, religious Christian follower Miss Keene, set, set ablaze, is going burning behind Riley's mom. I love that moment so much. I was like, oh, I love Riley's mom now. There very few characters I actually liked, and this last episode, I have to say, I warmed up to a lot of characters. It wraps everything up nice. I really enjoyed how this episode ends. And this moment was one of those things of this episode, one of those aspects of this episode that really made me fall in love with not only this episode, but the show in general. It's like, okay. Like, I watching this show, I'm just like, it's disgusting. I, like, had a childhood of what it was like being around these Christians that are act like Miss Keene. And act like these fake people that pretend to care, but are very that just like will take any chance to to look down and speak down on anybody and exclude anybody and judge people. Uh, so for Riley's mom to go out there and do that, also to free everybody up inside, distract them from uh, what's going on, so they can escape. And as soon as Miss Keene and Sturge realize she's just distracting them. She further distracts them by just cutting. She has a knife, obviously. Cuts her own throat. Brutal. Brutal. But vampires so hungry, willing to succumb to their hunger, uh, Miss Keene and Sturge start to feed on the blood that's just pumping out of Riley's mom's neck. And uh, allowing them to, obviously, the rest of the people to, to escape. Cut to uh, Monsignor Pruitt talking with Miss Gunning, talking about a story, as so often happens in this show, about when he was a child, he went on vac just on a trip, and there was this waterfall, and he was thinking about God and thinking about how God... Uh, knows every time somebody dies and if every drop of water in that waterfall was uh symbolized uh a death that that god could feel that god was constantly just being bombarded by a waterfall of death at constantly and how when he was changed by the angel that that kind of stopped because there was undead you were able to live forever 
and how that change that stopped the waterfall from happening. Kind of an interesting comparison. And again, the show, a lot of monologues, a lot of stories to answer questions, but also kind of goes along with the whole Bible stuff, how the Bible is just stories and all that. But an interesting story, again, from Pruitt. Uh, and he also talks about you know why he brought the angel back to the island his intention was to save miss gunning and to save her daughter which we find out is his daughter so joe in a previous episode mentioned how there were rumors of him being uh you know having a kid on the side and that maybe that father paul was that kid but we find out that, no, Dr. Sarah was that kid, which explains why Monsignor Pruitt would constantly stare at her. Not because she was gay, but because he knew that that was his daughter that he couldn't verbalize. He could, couldn't be part of her life. Uh, and he apologizes to Miss Gunning. He says he would have given up everything. He would have given up the church if if she had asked him to and she couldn't ask him to and you know didn't want to hurt the people or whatever were involved and couldn't have asked him to do that but uh an interesting kind of more information that kind of fills in some gaps in a lot of ways and interesting that she was and he after hearing that he kind of they do look related as far as casting goes aside from Monsignor Pruitt, Father Paul's performance, which is amazing. I would say his performance is A plus, and Miss Keene is right next to right next to him as far as the two best performances of this entire series by far. Uh, but as far as look wise, facial structure, bone structure in the skull area, uh, Sarah does look like Father Paul, which is interesting, very interesting. Uh, but we find that out. And uh, so that explains the rumors. That explains the staring. Cut to the survivors escaping, you know, going through the streets of the town as people are screaming, being killed, being eaten, being fed upon. Uh, you have the sheriff firing off a couple shots. You know, firing off a shot at one of the altar boys. It's like, oh, you smell good, right? They they know they're they're the bait. They know that they are the what's on the menu. Shoots the altar boy. Shoots the mayor. Of course, they're not dead, but it's just slowing him down. But he runs out of bullets anyway. Uh, and then we see a woman run out of of her home. She gets uh, attacked by the angel, flown away. And it's like zombie attacks. A, a lot of it. it. It's very, very much like vampire zombies. Uh, and they end, end up splitting up. The two kids run off, Lisa and Warren. Uh, and then Sheriff Aaron and the doctor run in a different direction. So they split up. Probably not the best thing to do in a horror show, but uh, they do it nonetheless. And that was kind of, I think, the point. I think the plan is for the kids to go to the canoe and for the rest of them to take care of the boats. So you cut to uh, the Monsignor, or not, we cut to the house, Sarah's house on fire, Miss Keene, and, and uh, Sturge outside of the house, 
and they're seeing the fire spread and they're talking about how there was a fire in the past and everything burned down except for the church. The church is going to be our ark. Uh, and Miss Keen is kind of uh, keen on the idea of uh, the fire. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were hurled to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all of the green grass was burned up. As for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all of the liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Let it burn. Let all of it burn. So instead of trying to put the fire out, which Sturge had the idea, of course, Miss Keen, with the Bible verse to explain and to justify the most horrific actions, whether it's killing somebody like Father Paul killing Joe or allowing the, f the fire to spread and burn down the whole house, the, the whole island, and to kill off all of the unworthy people. Uh, using scripture to justify the most disturbing, horrific, monstrous actions. Uh, leave it to Miss Keene to have uh, those, those justifications ready to go. Uh, and also a good performance by her. <laughs> you know, just, she's great, man. She, like, as horrible as she is, it's a great, like, for a while watching this show, I just did not like the actress. <laughs> You know, and like I had to remind myself, like, no, that's just a performance, bro. You know, she because I she's in. Uh, I watched the uh, Hill House show. Great, great. Kind of almost like it a little bit more than this because it doesn't have the religious stuff. But she is one of the characters, not a main character. But like watching is like, oh, there she is. But it's like, oh, she's not Miss Keene. Miss Keene is like that. It's a it's a, you know, iconic villain. I would say iconic. So let it all burn cut to uh, Warren and Lisa break into Joe's RV. It's mobile home because she knows he has that gun hanging up. So they get the gun, they get some ammo, give them some seconds. You know, she's very hopeful. Warren little worried you know, worried that they're not going to survive. And she's like, we just need to survive. It's just all about, we just need to, we just need to try, you know, which I kind of like that. I kind of enjoy that aspect of it. Let's take a little break from the show to promote. I have Inspired Disorder Plus. Would you feel good about donating $5 a month to an artist that you want to support. $5 a month is not much, less than a price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. A lot of people would probably say, yeah, Inspired Disorder Plus, people can go, and for $5 a month or $50 for the year, you get access to all of the old podcasts that I've ever done, like 10 different podcasts, hundreds of podcast episodes. You also get access to like special deals, so if you do wanna collect my artwork, you get discounts on stuff. Watch this show 
binge the full week ad-free for $5 a month. Like you get benefits for the $5 a month or $50 a year. So it's not like you're just donating $5. There's something, you get something for that. Would you feel good about donating $5 a month to an artist that you want to support? A lot of people would probably say, yeah. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. And now let's get back to the show. Uh, cut to Keen and Sturge uh, then burning down the general store. It's like, well, we're not going to wait for things to burn down. We're going to actively uh, keep burning stuff down, throwing our Molotov cocktails. I mean, we made these Molotov cocktails. Might as well use them all, right? Sturge, let's burn it all down. Uh, cut to then Riley's parents reuniting, both dead now. They are the afterlife uh, and discussing their hunger, how they both feel hungry, but they know that it's wrong. So they're denying the hunger. They're, they're not allowing themselves to succumb to the hunger, which I kind of feel almost like that moment is a shot at Riley, like because so much of this show is comparing vampire, the hunger that vampires have for blood to that humans have, that hunger people have for addiction. And how, I guess it's true, some people aren't able to, to ignore the hunger, ignore the pull, the draw of addiction. Uh, some people are able to overcome that. Uh, but Riley was weak. It just, be, just knowing the dad's view of Riley and how he always thought the worst of his son for him then to be like, Oh, addiction's not that bad. You just got to stop doing it. Uh, kind of a bummer taken in that way. I don't know if it's meant to be taken in that way. Uh, but it is nice that both of them are kind of the example that you can, you can have that hunger, but you don't have to succumb to being an evil person to satisfy that hunger while everybody around them is causing chaos, acting like zombies, uh, just going crazy. So an interesting scene and, you know, it can be taken different ways. Anyway, cut to uh, you have Sarah, Aaron and the sheriff. Uh, they see th that the the island that things are on fire doesn't make any sense. Like, why are they burning everything down? Like the structures these vampires need during the daytime to protect them from the sun are no longer going to be there. So it doesn't make any sense to them, which definitely makes a lot of sense to me that it doesn't make sense. But then again, I think it's just I think it main mainly. It's Miss Keen not caring and would rather excuse her bad behavior with scripture and just going along with that than actually thinking through. You know, she's she really leave it up into God's hands as she would think, even though she's actively contributing to everything burning down, not really leaving, really forcing the hand of God, as it were. Thinking, assuming that their actions are the actions of God, which is sadly how a lot of Christians tend to think. Um, so anyway, they see the things burning. Uh, they're getting their 
gas. They're at the pumps by the docks. They're getting all the gas cans. They're soaking all the boats with gasoline to burn them down uh, so nobody can get off the island. Uh, and they they talk about what happened to the kids. Like Sarah's like, I want to believe that they they are successful. Like they're just convincing themselves. Like they kind of know that they're on a suicide mission in a lot of ways. That the chances of them surviving are very limited, and the chances of the kids surviving are very limited as well. But she wants to believe that they survive, and that's you know having a hopeful thought is definitely something that can help motivate you, especially if you know you're you're kind of destined to be gone anyway. It makes you feel good to kind of push on and con continue doing the best you can at the hopes that it will be for good. It will be f the, for those kids that when the sun rises, they will be the only survivors as it were. So that's an interesting aspect to it. Uh, we cut to Warren and Lisa. Uh, they're running down the street and they hear Lisa's parents calling for them out searching for them. So they go hide in the same house that the angel was hiding in the one that uh, the angel brought bowl into uh, and they go into that house to hide as they see Lisa's parents going down the street looking for him and uh, they smell something they see that the house is full of uh, past meals that the vampire had the angel had and the angel is currently feeding on somebody but one thing we notice about the angel that when it's feeding, it can't be bothered with anything because Lisa goes to shoot the angel. First off, the angel doesn't care that they're in there to begin with. And then she actually shoots the angel, doesn't even phase the angel at all while it's feeding. So it's, I guess, a convenient aspect to the character of the angel is that when it's feeding, it can't be bothered with anything else that's going on around it. Uh, but uh, that being said, they, they decide, since the gun doesn't do anything, they decide to uh, douse the house with gasoline, leading a trail out the door, and they light it up on fire, burning the house, and you hear the squealing of the angel as it's set on fire, come bursting out of the door, flying away. Uh, so they weren't able to kill it, but apparently fire is something that will stop the angel from feeding. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and as they, as they light the fire, Sturge down the street sees them and calls them, which makes them run away because they know. Uh, and Sturge goes and picks up the gun. Apparently they left the gun uh, as they ran away. Uh, and Sturge is with two other people, and he tells them, it's like, make sure, spread the word. We need to tell everybody to meet at the church before dawn. Obviously, they have no idea what will happen when the sun comes up. All of these new vampires that never got their orientation Sturge does know, so in an attempt to try and l get everybody to know that they have to go hide out during daytime to meet at the church before uh, before dawn. Cut to uh, Miss Keene uh, is in the rec room. All of the beds are already set up. Kind of w so, like the whole rec room thing. It's convenient 
right? It's convenient that she laundered all that money from the oil spill to build a rec room that is way oversized as if she knew that it would be housing vampires at some point down the fu- in the future. Regardless, obviously she wouldn't have known. She never would have known that it would have been used, but now it's been used. All of the beds are set up and made, like with blankets, candles are lit. Like it's all like she just went from burning houses down to immediately went to the rec room and set up all these cots, which who knows where they stored all the cots. But the whole, like, there's beds everywhere. It's all prepared for everybody for when the sun comes up. Uh, And then she goes over to the church to ring the bell to kind of, like, signal everybody to get back to the church. And when she's over at the church to ring the bell after she rings the bell, she sees uh, Monsignor Pruitt talking to Miss Gunning, which she's surprised because Miss Gunning just shot him in the head and she's like oh it's surprised you you surprised you apologize but i guess you would you're a good guy you know uh apologize to her for shooting you in the head uh and uh he's asking her like oh so you let everybody out like he's realizing now that his plans were completely uh jettisoned for miss keen to go rogue and just do what she wants she's like yep we're just going to leave it into God's hands. And they all walk outside and uh you know she gives the we you know the you know Mr. Pruitt he sees everything going on and he makes the comment that he realizes that in that moment that they are the wolves amongst the sheep. That they are the ones that were wrong. All of the violence and destruction that are happening are because of their actions. Uh, whereas Miss Keen is fine justifying her actions with Bible scriptures, uh, just avoiding any kind of responsibility for her actions, uh, bl- just justifying them as God's will. Uh, she, in contradiction to that, Monsignor Pruitt is, uh, is realizing the error of his ways. And because of that, you know, it's not about me, it's about God, where, you know, everything with Miss Keene is about her, but acting like it's about God. Uh, and Miss Keene being the person she is, always having a biblical excuse for her to hate or hurt or do horrible things, uh, now that she has a disagreement with Monsignor Pruitt. She has another Bible verse right at the ready. Jesus himself, he warned us against the scribes, against the priests in Matthew. Do not call anyone on earth father. You have one father and he is in heaven. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, vipers brood. But you, Monsignor, Monsignor Pruitt, did it have to be true of you? Miss Keene. Miss Keene and her constant justification for the worst things. Uh, a- attacking Monsignor Pruitt now. Right? She's a little sad that she has to do what she has. It's like, oh, they were right. There is only one father. How dare we? 
follow priests shouldn't exist which is kind of interesting which is kind of something you know despite all of her negative aspects to her justifications and quoting scripture uh it is interesting that the bible says that and then you know churches exist priests exist and they get paid you know they they don't they don't work for free it is the job they're entertainers really they're entertainers. They go on a stage. They get paid a fee to entertain. You know, they they encourage people, forcibly encourage people to donate money, a certain percentage of money, every week, every year. So in that way, I kind of agree with her. Uh, but they find out that uh, Sturge shows up and tells her that they burned the boats. Uh, and she's like, oh, no. Like, realizing that her master plan of spreading to the mainland isn't going to work. And she's like, well, we'll have Warren just call the ferries back in the morning. It'll be okay, or tomorrow night or tomorrow. So they can come back and we'll take us there tomorrow night or whatever. And then she asks, wait, they who? Which obviously... She should know who they is. There's only a few people she knows who are actively trying to do things. The survivors that ran away that she tried to burn out of the house. So she shouldn't be that surprised with who. But it was kind of a funny moment. Uh, cut to Warren and Lisa. They get to the canoe. Uh, and Lisa prays for her parents. Warren is realizing that his parents are dead that his parents are gone kind of a touching moment where they you know are kind of realizing the reality of their situation as they get to the canoe and then back at the church all of the people start coming to the church all the people who have been changed some people who have been saved apparently one guy who was saved by sturge uh, Miss Keene isn't too keen on the fact that he was one of them. He was one of the quote-unquote people he chose. She's, you know, she wants to be the one in charge of who can be saved and who can't be saved. Uh, and in typical Keene fashion, she has some words, some horrible words for this guy who's very confused. I don't think I ever saw you at Mass a day in your life. And yet... You were blessed tonight, weren't you? Saved. Baptized, I take it. You? I killed my Julie tonight. You killed your wife. And my boys, I killed my boys. <laughs> you know, I hate to tell you this, but you could have brought them back just as Sturge apparently brought you back which was something we discussed only doing in rare and specific it's fine but yes you could have saved them easily in fact if you had been a man of faith just a bit of victim blaming there it's like oh yeah well you could have saved them really easily actually but since you didn't come to church you weren't a, a faithful person. Not that, like, anybody who went to church was actually orientated like Monsignor Pruitt wanted them to. So he may not have actually known that he could have saved them, really, you know. So, but she taking every opportunity 
to trash somebody, to demonize somebody, to talk down to somebody. Uh, she had zero problem being an absolutely horrible person to this guy who's absolutely confused, has no idea. He was killed by Sturge and then brought back to life by drinking his blood. And then he then, then killed his his family because he didn't know the hunger within him was like he just was overcome by it like horrible horrible situation and then to be treated like that by miss keen just you know just again shows this this episode really shows it's the the highlight of miss keen of her her, her horribleness uh and so she rejects him you know there's not enough room for you why don't you go sturge starts to walk him to the shore because obviously he doesn't know that sunlight's going to kill them most of the people there don't know that sunlight's going to kill them so having sturge walking him to the shore is like oh we're going to put you down you know you're not going to know that this is your this is going to kill you uh but i'm going to pretend like we're buddies about it and of course monsignor pruitt seeing how horrible this is and how unchristian this is invites everybody into the church it's like how could we say this is a house of the lord if we don't accept everybody right still like he is unlike miss keen is like how a lot of the vocalized hateful christians act in our society today where they act very unchristian where they use the bible as a weapon to attack people they don't feel are worthy uh, and then you have Monsignor Pruitt, who is definitely more somebody who tries to follow in the path of Jesus and tries to live by those teachings and actually thought he was doing something good and isn't really there to judge and trying to help people. Like, he's actually trying to do good. So he opens up to the church to everybody, and as he walks in to the church, he sees... Uh, Sarah pouring gas on the stage and they're both like she's obviously surprised because like oh shit the head vampire guy that my mom shot in the head is alive and then Monsignor Pruitt's like oh shit my daughter is about to burn the church down and they have a great moment like a lot of great things happen in this episode I gotta say this this episode justifies a lot of this this show and there's this scene like he sees his daughter he's you know tells her immediately he's like go out the back like he's immediately on her side like go out the back i'll i'll push the candle over and you run out the back and she's like yeah that was kind of the point and he's like starts to talk about how proud he was he's like i wish i could have told you how proud i am like she clearly doesn't know, but I think in this conversation, she begins to realize that, oh, that is my dad. Probably a lot of mind-blowing things for her in this very moment, where she's realizing that, like, oh, that's my dad? Also, like, how is he so young? <laughs> like, I thought, wait. And then also, I don't know, it's just mind-blowing. I would imagine in her in her being in her shoes and sarah's shoes like why is this guy talking about how he's proud of me and how he wish he could have told me and and, and told me he loved me and all of these things 
and apologizing to her, apologizing for not getting to know her. Uh, and just in that moment, heartbreaking, Sturge shoots her. She gets shot in the chest. Monsignor turns around, sees a Sturge, rushes Sturge, attacks him. They go rolling out the down the steps of the church, right, trying to choke him. And everybody's like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> why is Father Paul choking this dude? Uh, why is he choking Sturge? And in that moment, um, in that moment, Gunning goes up. They both go up the stairs, and she sees her daughter shot laying down. So she screams. Her and, and Father Paul go to her aid. Father Paul immediately rolls down his sleeves, bites his wrist open, and tries to save Sarah by feeding her the blood so that she can come back as a vampire. But Sarah, not wanting that, spits it up. Very dramatic scene when she spits up the blood. Like, like multiple times as referenced with Riley, how he sp spit up this blessing. He just had no respect for it in such a different way. And s but similarly, Sarah spitting up this gift that she's, he's trying to give her, this gift of eternal life. Uh, even though he knows that uh, it's probably not, you know, he's trying to basically get her to live for until sunrise, you know, because eventually, I mean, nothing, they still have the rec room. They still have the church at this moment, but things aren't looking good for the vampires. It's clearly people out there trying to uh, destroy their plans. So she spits up the blood uh, and dies or they he carries her out of the church and as they exit the church miss gunning knocks a candle over to set the church on fire let's take a little break from the show to promote the many faces that's right i am also an artist i do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces a new face a new painting gets released every single day over at inspireddisorder.com so head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com, buy original art, buy prints if that's your jam, if you want 8x10 prints on high quality paper. Also, if you're looking to wear some art, there are shirts available with original artwork by myself. Select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form. You go to inspiredisorder.com, you buy original artwork, you buy prints, you buy shirts, you're supporting an artist directly. And if you're the type of person that likes to invest in NFTs, there are also NFTs available for select faces. Go to inspiredisorder.com now. And now let's get back to the show so now the only building that's that's salvageable is the rec room which of course they see the sheriff pouring gas on the outside of the rec room probably shouldn't have been on that side of the rec room okay there's all of the people right here you and you're gonna burn this rec room down and you had to he, he had to have seen all of the people congregated on that side of the rec room, maybe go on the opposite side of the rec room to pour the gas. 
But anyway, Miss Keen sees him. Sturge sees him, really. Miss Keen then. Miss Keen sees him. She picks up the gun, the rifle, Joe's rifle, and then shoots the sheriff in the leg. And of course, she's calling him a viper, calling him a terrorist, uh, you know, as she is one to be racist. Uh, and uh, she's telling him, I'm surprised you didn't wait for us to go while we were inside. Why didn't you burn? Like basically thinking of all the ways she would have been, she would have done it, how evil she would have been. Whereas he's just trying to burn the structure down to make sure that they can't uh, survive through the day. So she's talking shit. And then he, you know, when she says, I'm surprised you didn't, uh, you waited for it to be empty. And he's like, oh, is it empty? And just at that moment, we see Aaron coming out the front of the rec room, pouring gas. She had been inside the rec room pouring gas. And there's a moment where she gets out of the rec room. She grabs the lighter. She lights the lighter. And then she pauses and looks up in the sky. And just in that moment of pausing, instead of just lighting the thing on fire immediately, she looks because she was distracted by the angel flying at her, attacking her. So now Aaron, fire didn't get started. Lighter falls to the ground. Aaron is now being fed on by the angel. But Ali shows up picks up the lighter and miss keen doesn't shoot him i'm assuming maybe she's out of bullets no she still has a bullet but doesn't shoot ali probably because she knows it's not going to do any good he's a vampire but it still would have knocked the lighter out of his hands but he picks up the lighter lights it and then sets the rec room on fire does the thing finishes the job for his dad and for aaron which is great, which is great. And then the sheriff has a nice little quote for Miss Keen in that moment. This is verse in the Bible. It's kind of stuck with me. He makes the sunrise and the evil and the good. He makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. Which, of course, she doesn't like that. How dare you use a Bible quote against me? That is my thing. That is what I do. It's so great. And, of course, she shoots him again because Miss Keene is just a horrible person. And she's like, all of their stuff is literally in flames that she has no way they have no way to survive now the next day things are things are not looking good for for the vampires and as the angel is feeding on aaron distracted by everything aaron picks up the knife she has in her pocket and starts slipping it through the skin of the angel's wings just cutting it up and the angel slightly distracted at what's happening. She pulls the head back down to her neck, which I thought was a great, like a great thing where she's like, I know what's happening right now, but I need to use this moment. I need to use these seconds 
to do something to try and stop this flying beast from getting off the island. And she just starts cutting up slits in this angel's wings, these the bat wings, and seeing the knife pierce through the wings, great, great practical effects, I believe. It had to have been practical. Great. Just kind of disgusting, a little disturbing. Uh, but she cuts cuts the wings and then the angel flies off is still able to fly not great but still able to fly not as gracefully as possible it's struggling a bit uh then we cut to lisa and warren are out on the boat and they see the angel flying away from the island flying west warren mentions flying west trying to beat the sunrise and they're, you know, Lee's asks, is he going to make it? Is it going to be able to make it to the mainland? Apparently it's 30 miles. So it's like, I don't, like, he's thinking the best of the situation. I don't think it will make it. I don't think it will survive. You know, I don't think it will beat the sunrise. Uh, cut to Aaron laying on the ground, clearly about to die. And she turns to the side and is remembering the conversation that she had with Riley. Uh, about death and now she's talking about what she thinks death is from her perspective now whereas before when they had that conversation she had told the what she thought death was or maybe what she was hopeful of what death was for her fetus that she lost for little foot where before it was the magical Christian version of a family reunion up in the clouds uh, where everything is pure love. That's what she hopes for with her daughter. But in this version of what she thinks happens after we die is far more similar to more depth to it not as scientific as riley's description of death but a very similar very it's very much how i would view death and life and how it's infinite and we're all connected and and how you know we are just the memory of everything of one of his existences like it's very beautiful like the this aspect as far as all of the long monologues of this show uh the the monologue of when riley was talking about death and now with aaron talking about death and what she feels death is uh speaking for herself and uh everything like we are everything and everything is us and we're all just energy and there's no difference between what i am and what i'm touching and that the the electrons are constantly shifting between the two and ultimately we're all part of the same thing we all come from and we all return to the same thing very beautiful absolutely beautiful and of course i didn't clip out that that clip but because it was long but it's beautiful if like you haven't seen the show you know you know what i'm talking about but a very beautiful way to kind of bring back that moment in a way that makes me like Aaron more because she was more similar to Riley than what she said before because what she said before was like a typical kind of like a Christian type of belief of what the afterlife is like where her 
explanation of it is more philosophical than Riley's, but similar, abstract, beautiful. And then, you know, sun isn't coming up yet, but it's getting close. And then we see Riley's mom start to sing a hymn. Riley's dad starts joining in. Eventually, all of the people start joining in, singing a hymn, singing a song. Uh, You see Sheriff and Ali on the shore praying one last time as his dad is slowly dying from the gunshot wounds. You know, doing their prayers. Almost the sun rising. You have uh, Monsignor Pruitt and Gunning on the bridge that her daughter liked. This little bridge, that's where they took her. That's their final moments. They give a kiss. They kiss each other as the sun's about to come up. And then you see Miss Keene on the shore, desperate to survive, desperately trying to dig a hole and cover herself with sand to avoid the sunrise, to avoid being burned up, trying to avoid the inevitable and avoid death, real death, permanent death. Trying to avoid hell. Let's let's be honest. Miss Keene has to know. A lot of Christians that know that they are doing the work of the devil in the name of the Lord. Using their religious beliefs in God to justify their absolutely disgusting behavior. On some level, they have to know that they aren't going to heaven. You know? Some level. And that's why she is so desperate to avoid death. But it doesn't work. Everybody obviously burns up. And then we see Warren and Lisa in the boat. And this beautiful shot of the sunrise over the island. Which there's been a few like wide shots of the island throughout this episode. Which are all beautiful as different parts of the island are on fire. But now it's the sun rising. And the last words of this series, the last words of this episode of the series are Lisa in the boat. They're holding hands. She's holding hands with Warren. And she says, I can't feel my legs. Now, in my opinion, that means that the angel died. It didn't make it. The sun caught the angel. Couldn't make it to the mainland. And in some supernatural horror things when the main vampire dies everybody loses their abilities i've heard other people say that it's like oh it's just the effects of the vampire blood are going away but i think in that moment because it seems like it's an instantaneous thing and would make sense if the because the sun is rising if the angel didn't make it to the mainland that if that vampire died that everybody that was infected by that vampire would lose the effects of that vampire blood so she is back to being paralyzed the effects of it are gone uh which i appreciate i mean my reading of it is that the angel died which is good because it's a mini series it's not like something where there's going to be a season two. Oh, the angel got away and now it's in New York or wherever. I didn't even know what coast they were on. But 
Uh, I really did enjoy the way the show ended. It, you know, the way the show started, it was slow. It took a while to kind of get everything going. I didn't like a lot of the characters. I mean, as far as the genre of story, I'm not a huge vampire fan. I'm not a fan at all about Christianity or Catholicism, uh, just based on my childhood and early years growing up and seeing the reality of churches and how they run and the people that go there and how absolutely fake they are, how many people are so similar to Miss Keene. That's why it's like, oh, it just has such hate for Miss Keene. But, like, the way the actress portrays her is perfect. Perfect. Like, always justifying the worst behavior with, like, some kind of Bible verse. Uh, and the way it ends, I mean, this last episode definitely brings it all back together and makes me like a lot of the characters, right? You got you got Riley's mom telling off Miss Keene was amazing. The sheriff being able to quote the Bible back to Miss Keene as justification for her burning up in the sun. Perfect. Loved that. I'm glad that Ali helped complete the dad's mission to burn down that rec room i love that as well i kind of like that you know riley's parents on some level i don't but on some level i do i like that they had their reunion and then were able to kind of be like uh, be above the evil right they were they want the best things in some ways um and even aaron when she that last moment when she's you know remembering conversation with riley but changes where she describes what she thinks death is uh made me like aaron a lot more as well um so it definitely definitely made me enjoy the show as a whole quite a bit more and uh i'm excited to watch i've watched haunting on hill house which is amazing uh, I'm not going to do a recap of that. Maybe some... I, I'm, I'm not even going to do a review of it. This is my review. It's amazing. It's well-written. Great storytelling. Wraps up. It's like a haunted house show. Uh, but uh, Midnight Club, the plan is tentative. I haven't actually started the work on preparing for this show, but the idea that I would like to do is to do an episode-by-episode -episode recap of Midnight Club. Uh, which is going to be a new miniseries by Mike Flanagan, the guy who created this show, as well as Haunting on Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, he directed Ouija, the movie Ouija, Oculus, Harold's uh, Game, I think it's called. Anyway, uh, so look forward to that. Uh, there will be announcement on this feed for that, if that actually does come to fruition. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for watching all the episodes of or listening to every episode of this recap show. Uh, I'm still kind of figuring out, learning how I want to do these types of shows. It's a very different kind of show than everything else I do, very much more involved. Uh, and uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it and uh, look forward to doing more. And if you enjoyed this, uh, I've also done episode recaps of Ted Lasso, severance which both are apple tv plus exclusives uh, i've done squid game which is another netflix exclusive uh, i've done um dave which is an fx show so i've done other tv shows so if you enjoyed this go check those out 
because uh, I do enjoy doing these. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But anyway, take care. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.